1: Hello and welcome to Smart People Podcast, conversations that satisfy your curious mind. Chris Stemp here, and thank you for tuning in. Thanks for joining us. It's always a good time. I got to say, I really enjoyed this episode. Me and our guest this week have kind of become friends since the show, as much as you can when you live you know, thousands of miles apart, but I really enjoyed speaking with him, and I, I love his take on health, which is what we're covering today. And I think it's the new paradigm. I really do. I think for trauma, yes, we'll be dealing with Western medicine. But to stay healthy, to find how to, how to live with perhaps some conditions or to deal with some of those lingering things, we're going to need to bring in some new science along with some Eastern philosophy. At least that's how I see it. And I think uh, our guest this week kind of agrees, but I'm going to let him tell you. So this week, we are talking to Dr. Matthew Acurso. And I know I try to pronounce that name right because he is Sicilian. Don't get it twisted. I said Italian at first, and he was like, there's a difference. Uh, But it's funny because his family and my family come from the same town in Sicily. Uh, It's this little place called Palermo. I only know that because my mom talks about it all the time. Anyways, let's talk about Dr. Acurso, or Dr. Matt, as I'm going to call him. Uh, So, he is basically what he does. He does concierge customized high performance health consulting. And what he really tries to do is transform average human potential into extraordinary human performance through new modern medical technology testing, really digging into what's going on instead of just prescribing drugs. It's like, let's see what's going on, let's lift up the hood. Let's talk about the causes, how we can treat them with nutrition and lifestyle and exercise and all that good stuff. But first, let's figure it out, as opposed to if you just go to the doctor and they're like, looks like this, here's a drug. So Dr. Matt works with high-achieving executives and entrepreneurs to help them optimize performance through cutting-edge labs and lifestyle programs. Patients include Northwestern Mutual, Zerpel, Tony Robbins coaches, Hollywood producers, screenwriters, etc., as well as just people looking to get healthier who uh, who want to hear from somebody who knows what they're talking about. So I'll let you be the judge. Listen in on the conversation. Let us know what you think. We are at Smart People Pod on Twitter. Share the love. And don't forget, if you want to support the show when you're using Amazon, just go to smartpeoplepodcast.com Amazon. It's still there, guys. We still get a kickback, no cost to you. All right, that's it. That's it for me. And by the way, just wanted to remind you guys that we are releasing every other week now, in case you're wondering why it's not a weekly show. Life just gets busy, and this is something we definitely wanted to continue, but just couldn't keep up the pace that we had been doing for the previous, I don't know, five years or so. All right, so hope you enjoy it. Here it is, Dr. Matthew Acorso. Well, Dr. Matt is how I'm going to refer to you on this episode, so the listeners can be ready. And Dr. Matt, thanks so much for being on the show. I, you know, We've been talking for 30 minutes already. Sorry, listeners, you're not privy to that conversation. Okay, that's a little personal, <laughs> but, but, um, and I've enjoyed it. So thanks so much for taking the time.
2: Absolutely, Chris. It's my pleasure.
1: So let's, you know, let's get into it. For, for people that don't know, I, I know our listener base is interested in, I want to be better, And a lot of times being better at anything starts with being better internally, physically, mentally, emotionally. And I feel like from what I know about you, from what we talked about, really, that's what you do. But tell me from your point of view, what is it if you said, this is what I do. Let's hear it.
2: Yeah, I would say I get to the cause of uh, performance inhibitors and uh, also disease and dysfunction. And so when Talking about the cause and talking about symptoms, you know, a lot of times we can get wrapped up in symptoms as a culture. We can get wrapped up in the the simple stuff, you know, like a cold, a cough, a flu. And I always say there is a reason that your body does anything and everything. And your body is way smarter than you give it credit for. And so, the first thing I start off with, with whenever I, I see um, a patient, and I, I I don't, like we talked about, Chris, I don't t- call my patients patients. I call them health participants. And the reason that I call them health participants is because it's an empowering term. And I believe we need more of that right now, especially, you know, not to get into politics at all, but <laughs> especially now because we have someone new going coming into office, you know, the hopefully the playing field of healthcare begins to change. By throwing more money at the system, we're not going to correct the system. We have to change the paradigm and the philosophy. Mm-hmm. And so that's where getting to the cause comes in. Because when you can get to the cause of why your body is doing what it's doing, uh, whether it's suffering, whether it's symptoms, whether it's performance, downregulation, whatever that is, then you can actually get somewhere. And I heard a, I heard a really cool quote um, by a woman named Jennifer Majajewski. And she uh, is, a, is a doctor overseas. And she said, vitalism isn't just a philosophy, it's a way of life. Living vitalistically means that you must consciously consider everything that you ingest, whether it's a food or a thought. Everything you put into your mind and body affects your body.
0: Mm.
2: And I think that's so powerful because that kind of sums everything up. It's it's um, it's um looking at life instead of death. And one of the things I mentioned on our little private call was that when you have four people in a room and three of them are sick and one of them is well, a mentor of mine would always say, I want to study the one that stayed well and why he stayed well. And that's what I believe we need more of. So essentially, that's what I do as a doctor is I, I look at things that are inhibiting performance whether it be energy productivity brain fog um, you know uh, weight loss resistance and then you know some some more in-depth stuff like you know why isn't a person regulating insulin properly which could be leading to diabetes mm. um, why are they dealing with the trash can diagnosis fibromyalgia and I say I say trash can because a lot of times that's just a label that we put on people yeah. that are dealing with it with an immune disorder. Everything and, goes in there, yeah. right? Like it's like I have exactly. pain, fibromyalgia, boom. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, we have to watch out for labeling because once again, it's that is man's way of trying to label a symptom. And I always say, I mean, you can name it anything you want under the sun. You could say booga, booga alga. <laughs> All it is is physiology um, not not essentially working the way that we want it to. You know, the body always has a reason for doing something. Like I like I said in the beginning, if you have a flu, you know, your body is actually it's an oven, so it's heating up. It's trying to kill all the bad bacteria. So flu is actually a good thing, but in our culture, it's a bad word. It's like oh, I have the flu, so I got to go out and take a medication or take you know, give my kid children children's Tylenol and all these other things. When in fact. If you let it take its course and you let it kill what's there, your immune system's actually gonna be stronger in the long run.
1: I can't remember the last time I had a an actual temperature, right? And the other day, I was, oh, it was about two weeks ago, I wake up and all of a sudden my eyes feel hot. And I'm like, oh my god, this is what a this is what a temperature feels like, you know? And I take my temperature as 1023. Okay. So I'm like, oh my god, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Like I, you know, I just don't remember. And so I was talking to my wife and she's like, oh, well, first, you know, take some take some whatever, Tylenol, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about it and I said, wait a second. All right. Uh, this is, you know, it's it's probably viral, whatever. Nothing bad is really happening. I didn't even know I was that sick until I took this temperature thing.
2: It, it, should we just let those things run yeah. their course until they get dangerous? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> a, this is a great talk. I love that we're going here yeah. because you know, this is something that, that, uh, parents, I mean, parents, I'm a parent. So, you know I mean? When your child is sick Mm -hmm. that I figured out very early, I'm number one, you know, um, we, we both, so we both have connected that we're both, you know, um, Sicilian men Yeah. yeah. and (laughs) Sicilian men flip out over stuff. Okay. So (laughs) we don't play. So (laughs) so I, I, I can tell you that, you know, my little girl got sick and I, I have, I'm, I'm a rock when it comes to medications. Like I will not take a medication until – so well, let, let, me, let me phrase it this way. I've never taken a medication my entire life until um, up to – I had an injury and I actually took an antibiotic and I was 21 years old. So uh-huh. I had not had any medication. I had not so much as a children's Tylenol. Up until then and that's the type of family I was raised in I just you know they 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 weren't they weren't uh unintelligent about it they just they they would always say if there's an emergency then you take a medication but if it's not an emergency you don't need to take a medication and so that's such an interesting question because I my little girl uh had the flu when she was very young she was probably I don't know probably uh probably a year a little over a year and it was 102, mm-hmm. and um, you know she was just you know not lethargic, but she like wanted to rest, and you know she was you know she's aching. You could just tell she wasn't happy. And I mean, I was two steps away from giving her something, mm-hmm. and then it came back, swooping back into my mind that a child's immune system within the first two years of life is working out the kinks. It's getting to know itself. It's strengthening itself. So in that first two years of life. Your immune system is either going to turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger or it's going to turn into like you know some some wimpy Pee-wee Herman. Pee-wee Herman, exactly. (laughs) I like it. The Pee-wee Herman. So that's why it's so important with children that you're assessing if it's an emergency emergency situation. And this is where knowledge you know comes into play because I always say, you know, you're not a bad parent for giving your child a you know a Tylenol or something like that. It's just you want to know the facts about what a fever is doing, how high a fever should get before you actually do something about it. Because in your situation, Chris, um, I've been there before with my fevers run, I'll get to 105 and that's normal oh, for me. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's normal. No, it's crazy. And I remember oh. when I was in graduate school and the craziest thing that's ever happened to my body happened to my body. I was in second quarter of my doctorate program and I remember feeling faintish in class and thinking okay something's not right trying to drive home and almost fainting in the car barely getting home and my wife being like okay gotta lay you down on the couch all right gonna lay you down on the couch and so things escalated my temperature shot through the roof it went to 106 okay now most people you you can like like, die right well actually so so a fever actually can get to about 107, 108. And then that's when you start, like, you have to be aware of anaphylactic shock and all these other things. Right. And I run a high fever. Right. So it's really important too, to know yourself and mm-hmm. know your kids as well. So I know now that my kids are actually going to run high fevers as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, so that's where you you want to be safe. I was not necessarily acting. I was acting a little flippant because it was my own body. And I was right. thinking. I really don't want to go to the hospital because what are they going to do? They're going to give me a medication, which is going to cause a micronutrient deficiency within my gut, which could lead to other things down the road. And I, it's better for me to stay away from that than to actually go down that road. And that's how my mind works. And so I remember not taking the med and I remember clearly seeing a pink chicken walking across the Boy. living room floor because you were hallucinating I, yes yeah there what? was there was so so i literally my body got to a point but then you know what chris literally in two hours my fever was down and i was completely it literally so it killed everything and then it dropped wow. um don't recommend ever getting there yeah, but yeah yeah being is that you know your body can get to 103 104 mm-hmm. very very safely and a lot of times people are like oh we got to give you something to get the fever down when in fact That's going to strengthen your immune system down the road to where when you fight it again, your body's going to react 10 times better than it did this time. But taking an antibiotic um, or a fever reducer will actually cause not only micronutrient deficiencies, but it can cause toxicity, heavy metal toxicity within the body. And now all of a sudden – you have a whole nother issue on your hands. Right. So weigh, weighing out the facts is so important in those situations.
1: Yeah, and and it's one of the things, you know, you and I were talking about, I've I've leaned towards more the older I get. People know me. They call me a hippie and stuff. I, like, brew my <laughs> own kombucha, and I just, like, I believe in this stuff. And, yeah. and I read, and again, uh, make sure, you know, I'm getting this right, but your business is designer health centers. Is that correct? Right,
2: right, correct. And actually, we're, we're rebranding to where... We're going to be actually Elevays, E-L-E-V-A-Y-S.com. So all of Designer Health Centers is going to be under one brand, which is Elevays.com. But you can find me on either right now. Okay. So,
1: yeah, because that's where I went, Designer Health Centers. And I, I was starting to read about it. And I like this analogy you use of, imagine if you had a fire in your house and the fire department or the firefighters came and they, instead of fighting the fire, they just pulled the batteries out of your fire alarm. So essentially we have symptoms, which are the alarms and we treat those, but the cause, the actual fire, we let go and we've gotten really good. You don't say this, I'm saying this, so tell me if I'm wrong, but we've gotten good (laughs) in Western medicine treating the symptoms. And, And so this has had such a profound impact on my life. The listeners know, you know, I had panic attacks, I had anxiety. I mean, it's still deal with anxiety, but I've, I've quelled it a little bit. But it was a symptom that I was going down the wrong road. And I could have looked at it as, you know what, I, Western medicine can give me enough drugs that I can keep doing this. But I'm convinced <laughs> I would have died of a heart attack. I still might because I, I just run stressful. But, <laughs> but uh, that was my symptom. And I've, I, So when I saw that analogy, I said, I love that. I mean, look, there are a lot of really smart people treating symptoms. Yeah. What, is it, what is at the core of this issue and what does the science say behind it?
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know, so there's and and you're exactly right. You know, I have I have, you know, friends who are more engaged with the symptom part of it and I always say both both mentalities play a part in our culture. You know, I always say if you so if you're going to go to if you're going to get your hair cut and you walk into a mechanic shop, the mechanic's going to look at you and be like what are you doing here? Go to the barber down the road and get your hair cut. I don't cut hair, I fix cars. Same, Same thing applies with our medical system. If you go into a hospital or a medical institution and you wanna get well, they don't get people well. They handle emergencies. I always say same thing for my clinic. If you walked into my clinic and your arm was off from a car wreck <laughs> and you're bleeding to death, I would say, what are you doing here? You need to go to the hospital down the road. They handle emergencies. So I think it's very important that we categorize what we want and why we want it and if we're going to go to the right place to get it because we have more people than ever before that are going into the medical institution, the the, the westernized medical institution, and they're getting sicker and they're dying from it. You know, there was an alarming statistic that I read a couple of years ago. Uh, 1.2 million people die from myatrogenesis a year, which is physician-induced death. You know, and I take responsibility for that too because I'm, you know, I'm in that pool of people. And that, that's where, you know, I the reason that I practice the way I practice and the reason why I address the body the way I do is because I want to get the body well, I don't want to give another drug, pill, potion, or lotion for that. I want to figure out why it's reacting the way it is. So if someone's blood pressure goes through the roof, you may need to take a blood pressure, blood, blood pressure medication to t- get that down, but then the goal should never be to stay on that for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where one of the other mistakes comes in is that you know, you get on a medication, a lot of women would come into my clinic and they'd be on thyroid medications. And I would say, how long did your doctor say you'd be on that medication? and they look at me like i was like a deer in the headlights they say i mean he didn't say i say cuz it's for the rest of your life i say what is the game plan to get you off that medication mm-hmm. they say well i don't know of it i say well there's the problem right there is that there should be a game plan a lifestyle strategy to get you off of that medication because you don't have a thyroid issue cuz your body is deficient in synthroid or armor you have a thyroid condition because there's something happening with your hormones and your body's trying to regulate an emergency. Mm. So figure what that is, figure out what that is. And there's a number of ways to do that. I mean, you know, with testing and all those other things. And then you hone in on the toxicities and you hone in on the deficiencies that are happening. And now the body starts to bloom like a flower. It starts to come back. I always say your body wants to be in homeostasis. It never wants to be sick and diseased. So if, you, if you're on an iceberg, right, and your, your limbs start to go black, is that the body being stupid or is that the body being smart? This is a question that I would ask in my doctor's report a lot. Mm. And people would say, well, no, I mean, no, your, body's, your body's dying. And yeah. I would say, well, yes, it is. But what your body's doing is it's, it's pooling blood to the center to where your heart is because it wants to live. Mm. So it's killing off all your extremities because it, know, it knows you don't need your hands to live. It knows you don't need your knees to live. You need your heart and your lungs and your central nervous system to live. So it's pulling all the blood. It's pulling all the nutrients to the center. Same thing with disease and dysfunction. When your body gets cancer – Cancer is not, you know, we've looked at cancer as something evil, and it's, it's a horrible thing because it takes, you know, 800,000 lives a year. But what cancer is doing is, is it's, it's trapping toxins in the body, it's trapping disease and dysfunction in the body, and it's churning, it's manifesting itself into abnormal cells. So your body's trying to stay alive, and that's why it's developing cancer. So it's actually a brilliant process and not a, not this crazy, stupid process like, oh, that you know, cancer is the enemy of the body. No, it's your your body's actually creating cancer. You Wait, know? let me let, it, me let me let yeah. me hone in yeah. on that. I know that's uh, a lot. It's a lot. But, well, well,
1: because yeah. because again, well, there's two things and I want to get into this. Uh, I could talk yeah. to you forever, man. Uh, we'll have a
2: three hour, con- a three hour podcast. Seriously,
1: <laughs> we might have to do that sometime. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Where do you are you on the West Coast? Probably. I'm actually on the East Coast. Where are you? Yeah, I'm in Florida. I'm in North Florida. Oh man, maybe, maybe sometime I'll come down there. I don't know, but uh, yeah, but, but two things here, we're going to get into, I want to get, I want to approach it from the other side, like the haters, but not yet. Let's talk about this cancer thing real quick. All I know is it's like a, a massive proliferation of, of messed up cells, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. Like in some Mm -hmm. capacity, is that sort of right?
2: Yep. That's right. Yeah. How,
1: how is that a body trying to do the right thing because my take would be, well, then the body's stupid because cancer kills us, so yeah, tell me a little bit
2: more yeah. about that oh so, so to put it, so I love stories and I love analogies, yeah, yeah, so if we had a pond and we had a bunch of fish in the pond, okay, and they're all happy, and all of a sudden we see you and I are walking on the shore, and we see a fish and and it and it, and it uh it's um you know it gets it's um it's on the sand and it's dead, you know, so the tide brought it in, and you and I creep down, and we start. And we start, you know, looking at the fish and asking, why is the fish dead? And I were to say to you, well, Chris, you know what? We need to put more, we need fish medications and we need fish hospitals. We need to start setting these up all around the lake. And we need to start treating these fish as they start coming in with the tide. And you, you would probably say, well, um, you know, Matt, why don't we look at what's in the water Right, mm-hmm. and see if something is actually killing the fish in the water, right? And and then I would say back to you, well, no, Chris, what are you talking about? I mean, we need to treat what's happening to the fish. We don't need to look at the water. Let's just start treating the fish. So whatever's whatever's uh, you know in the fish killing it, let's treat that. Mm-hmm. So you can see already that you know looking at the water makes much more sense. Than trying to you know, treat the dead fish. And that's essentially what we're dealing with in our culture is that what we're exposed to each and every day is the thing that's driving disease and dysfunction. And it, it comes down to what's called epigenetics, yep. which is epigenetics are way more powerful than your actual in your genetics. So for instance, your gene is a loaded gun and it has a bullet inside the gun. Mm-hmm. And every day you and I have the opportunity to shoot the bullet or leave the bullet in the gun. So for instance, you know, my dad, he died at 52 years old and he died of a heart condition and his grandfather had a heart condition and his grandfather had a heart condition. So, you know, four generations of heart conditions. So now here I am and I could say, well, that means I'm going to get a heart disease. So I might as well start taking heart medications now to prevent it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, the girls that say my mom had – my grandmother's grandmother had breast cancer, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chop my breasts off because sure. I know I'm going to get breast cancer. Right. When in fact we know now that what you do today – so if I do the same thing my dad did and what his grandfather did and what his grandfather did, then yes. Will I go down that road of heart disease? Will I pull the trigger and, and allow that bullet to come out of the gun? Yes. If I do things differently, then I leave the bullet in the gun. Yep. So now I'm affecting my epigenetics. Well, cancer works the same way. You are not predestined to get cancer, and a lot of people are convinced it's in my genes, so I'm going to get cancer. No, 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 no. There's only two ways. You know the, the body is complicated in that we have all these different types of systems, like you and I were talking about before, Chris. Mm-hmm. You know, health can be the most complicated thing on the planet if you don't know what to look for and address. But it can be the easiest thing if you simply break it down into two things. The body can only be sick and diseased. And suffering for two reasons. You're either deficient in something to which your body needs, or you're toxic in something to which your body cannot adapt. And I'll say that again you're deficient in something in which your body needs, or you're toxic in something to which your body cannot adapt. Mm. And essentially, that's how cancer develops. That's how heart disease develops. That's how diabetes develops. It all develops because there's a deficiency or a toxicity that your body is trying to deal with. Sure. So you went so you 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 um you mentioned that comment um you know the body's developing cancer so it's killing you so how can the body be smart? Right. So if the body did not envelop um disease and dysfunction and tox- toxins and didn't react to deficiencies in a certain way, then it could potentially die quicker. Right. So by by enveloping whatever's happening within it, and allowing the immune system to fight it, yes. Is it killing you? Yes. And we're still, gosh, there's so much research that needs to be done still. We're just at the tip of the iceberg, but simply put, your body's trying to save itself. Mm -hmm. Now, for how long can it save itself? You know, nobody knows, but that's where, you know, cancer plays the the part in that situation.
1: Yeah. And I I guess, you know, I mean, there's a couple of things. So Prostate cancer, for example, I, I recently read an article that if people are diagnosed with it at a certain age, I don't know what it is, say 70, 80, mm-hmm. um, oftentimes they just let it go untreated because you can live for a long time sometimes with prostate cancer. Have you heard right.
2: that? have, yes. Yeah, and I actually know people who who are currently right now. Yeah, yeah. and so,
1: so I guess that would be an example of that in, in the case where maybe if that didn't happen... And again, I, look, I'm not the doctor. I don't even know why I'm saying this. It's just I thought about it, right? Like maybe that's why. And that that could make sense. And then I also know I read on, on your site again, you know, it said, why do you think uh, most people that get diagnosed with stage four cancer never had a sign or symptom beforehand? And maybe it was just the body trying and trying and trying and trying until it gets to the point where it's like you've continued to put this toxin in or whatever it might be. I, Mm -hmm. we can't keep track anymore. So I'm starting to see some logic there. You know, I could, I I can get that. It's just so hard to wrap your brain around because it's such, I mean, I have a, uh, one of my really good friends, um, you know, recent, 29 years old, passed away with leukemia. And it's just such a hard Mm -hmm. thing to wrap your brain around, you know,
2: it is, it is. And when you're in that, you know, uh, when you're in that situation, I mean, I've been around, I don't even, I can't even count them on my sure. hands, like how many, you know, cancer victims and heart disease right. victims. And we've had people pass away in our clinic and it's, it's terrible, you know, and there, and there's, there are times when, you know, it's beyond, beyond, uh, what you, you know, you, beyond intervention, you know, I mean, it goes, it goes to where, I mean, I've seen people travel to, um, you know, a colleague of mine, Dr. Hillu in Spain who treats cancer naturally. And he, he literally, I mean, 92% of people that go into his clinic, come out in remission come of cancer. On. Yeah, no, it's 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 freaky. What's it's his name? Freaky. I got to have him Dr. on. Hillu. Dr. Hillu. Dr. Hilu. Yeah, he's awesome. Dr. He's awesome. Hillia. Dr. Hillu. he would be actually a great one to have on your podcast. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, so you know, there are there are limitations to matter I always say, and there are times where no matter what you do, you know, the body is is going to react the way it's going to react right. and you know, we that's why it's so important. I'm all about teaching the generation. So that's why I'm, I'm writing a kid's book right now because I want to start teaching children at a very young age how to learn about their bodies. Mm-hmm. And if we can teach a passion about our bodies, if we can teach how to learn about your body and what to look for and what type of signs are good and what type of signs are you know are, are, mean that there's an emergency going on, then we have an empowered culture of people who are willing to march forward and say, "No, I want to. I want to figure things out, and I want to. I want to take care of this one body that I have." Right. Because we know that. I mean, we're consuming, you know, way too many toxic foods now. Our, our foods are sprayed uh, heavily with herbicides, pesticides, fungicides, all these things. Um, half of the stuff has has no studies beyond a month or two. Um, we know that. There are medications being put on the chopping block every day, and lawsuits coming out. For instance, you know Viox, which made hearts explode. Um, you know they, they got a slap on the hand, they got a you know 150 million dollar lawsuit, and then all of a sudden it's back on the market again. Wow. It's just a black label drug. Yeah. You know, so things are th- things like this are happening, and this is where we need to start as a culture, you know, questioning more and saying, you know, why? Asking the right questions is everything.
0: This week's episode is brought to you by Igloo. Work is no longer a location. Teams can be together half a world away. Igloo is a modern intranet designed to keep everyone on the same page. Share files, have real conversations in real time, and do it all while being able to use the apps you currently use like Box, Google Drive, and Skype. Igloo brings everything together and creates a single destination that lets you focus on your work. Put simply, Igloo is an intranet you'll actually like. Try it today at www.igloosoftware.com slash smart. That's www.igloosoftware.com slash smart. And now back to the episode. Okay, the first question I just want straight up is,
1: can I drink? Like, come on, give me a, throw me a (laughs) bone here, but I want you to be honest. (laughs) So that's just it. I'm going to
2: cut straight to the chase. That's great, man. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Can I drink? So, so that's the thing is, you know what I mean? So, okay, I'll come, I'll come at it from my own lifestyle. You know, do I drink? Absolutely. I love, I love a good glass of wine. Um, You know, I, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's in our blood as Sicilians. I mean, come on, like that's, that's our history, you know? So. I always say, you know, you have to enjoy your life and you can't, you know, you can't deprive yourself because then you're just gonna, you're gonna up, uh, going to, you're going to end up going into convulsions and backlashing and, and doing way worse things because you're depriving yourself. Right. You also want to be smart about what you're doing in certain seasons of your life. So I always say, you know, if you're dealing with um, a debilitating illness, so, you know, if you're dealing with, a, you know, performance um, down regulation, meaning, you know, you have he- you know, heavy brain fog, um, you-, you don't feel like you sleep at night, um, your stress is through the roof, you're not exercising like you should, all those things, then you do need to back off of things like that until you get back on track again. I always say a, a healthy body assimilates toxins way better-, better than a diseased body. So if you can get your body back on track and healthy, then you can consume those great things that make you feel good and taste good and are social and uh, and feel good when you do it. I mean, I love a good cup of coffee in the morning mm-hmm. with one of my you know favorite favorite articles you know and reading on 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 the beach. I love doing that you know and so. But some people would say, well, you know, no, don't ever drink coffee again because there's caffeine in it. You know, so you're going to find contradicting research everywhere. But you know, back to the alcohol thing, Chris. I, I think you know absolutely you can have you know, that glass of wine or that bourbon, mm. um, but just, you know, limit it. Yeah. And yeah, I always say, you know, treat it, treat it as a treat mm-hmm. and um, you'll appreciate it more. And that's kind of how I live my life. I have a glass of wine, I would say, I would say two times a week. I have a glass of wine, um, you know, when I get home, like you know, I'll glass? have a glass,
1: like one. Oh, I'm like, so
2: this, here's the thing. thing. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I get it. <laughs> and glass is, is 20 ounces, Chris. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm just, <laughs> it's a mug. It's a mug.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, it's just that that was one of those things that's actually interesting. When you basically, and look, I, you know what? We don't even need to talk about it anymore because people are like, yeah, I drink, I don't drink, whatever. I just wanted to ask that question. But um yeah. it, I did want to get to the core of it, which was, you know, it does feel a lot like you're, I, and I'm assuming others, giving things up. And what you said kind of answered that question. So we can move on from that. But, Another thing I wanted to ask, because you're in an area that I think is controversial, and if I was listening to this podcast, maybe didn't know your background, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'd be like, well, wait, hold on a second, you know, how much science is out there on this, or, because people are always skeptical, and that's great, how do you answer or, you know, explain, say, a a child born, they have no chance of ingesting all this bad stuff, and blah, 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 Mm -hmm. but maybe they're not born this way, but you know, childhood leukemia or a, yeah. a lot of the things that do affect children. It sounds, and this is just my guess, but you tell me that yeah. if they were given that loaded gun of genetics and they just, regardless, the trigger was going to be pulled. And then yeah. it makes me wonder, well, then how much is there to the epigenetics argument?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that there was a study done I believe um, it was a Princeton study, and it was done on toxins within cord blood. So, the, so cord blood attached, to uh, umbilical cord attached to a, attached to a baby. Uh-huh. They found over 120 toxins within the cord blood from the mother. Okay? Yep. So that means that the baby was getting all the toxins that mom had, even lead, so we, so we know lead hides in bone. So if your body ever has heavy metals flying around within it in your blood, your body is going to soak up those metals. And so it's going to lead is, uh, um, bone is, you know, an attractor of lead. So lead's going to hide in bone. Well, that same blood is getting pumped to that baby. So we can't look over, you know, generational, um, inheritance. And that's where we have to look at that indicator. Now, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of things that you can, that you can look at, but that, that, that would be where my mind goes because we we already have studies that are showing us that, um, you know, especially in blue zones, like we were talking about, um, Oh my gosh, uh, I interviewed that guy. Did you? Um, what, what's his, uh, I forgot his name. Yeah. Uh, man. Anyways,
1: uh, Butner, 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 uh, uh, David, David, uh, David and and, by the way, Speaking of Italy, you know Sicily and all that. Uh, Sardinia is one of the blue zones, which is where yes. me and my wife visited. Amazing place. Yep. But yep. anyway, and
2: that's so that's why I love. I, you know, when you mentioned Sardinia, you know, I almost flipped out because <laughs> I did a lot of study on blue zones. And if you look at blue zones, so you know, Sardinia, and then one that has tons of research coming out of it is uh, Okinawa. Yes. So I was just in Japan, and there was a, a man from Okinawa, and I was you know flipping out because I had my interpreter with me and we were just going crazy with conversation about longevity and they have the highest number of centenarians in the world. And so I always say, if, if you want to look at the, the people who are successful, just look at the people that have gone before you that are, are just, you know, killing it and, you know, and doing things right and copy what they do. So in our culture, you know, essentially we can look at an Okinawan culture and say, okay, there's, 1% 1% of cancer, heart disease, diabetes, all those things, 1%. Right. So hardly any of that at all, which means that it doesn't have to happen, which means that, you know, there, and, and and even in that study, you can even argue the fact that some of those people went over to the West, adopted a Western diet, came back, and then, you know, developed disease and dysfunction. And there's actually proof. they've They've done studies on that as well. So- Actually so, well
1: I don't want to throw you off, but while we 're on yeah. that subject, just something i 'm super passionate about. I think our listeners should know. Uh, the reason I started the nonprofit on food is I read the the book by Michael Pollan, the omnivore's dilemma
2: yeah and
1: he, to, just to highlight your point there's a, a, a study or a, basically a story about how they took um, uh, Aborigines and yeah. they eat basically all seafood, a very clean diet, and they have like none of this stuff yeah. then they came to America, they had a Western diet type thing, and they developed diseases that were previously thought to be incurable. Then they went back on the, their their kind of previous lifestyle, and it went yeah. away.
2: Yeah.
0: If yeah.
1: I remember correctly, I read that book like a decade ago, but still, that yep. blew yep. my mind. So, and I
2: remember that study. I yeah. remember that study. Yeah. So
1: sorry to cut you off. Keep going. I just thought no, it definitely good. highlights what you were talking about.
2: Yeah, I love that. And that's actually you know, where I was going, you know, is essentially, we know that when you're, you're uh, eating like your ancestors, when you're living like your ancestors, you know, I mean, there's powerful nuggets of truth um, that's, that begin to raise to the surface. And one of those truths is that we have gotten far away from how our ancestors used to live. And in the US, I mean, we're 36 in health. You know, so we're we're the most advanced, technologically advanced country medically in the world. Nobody does it like us as far as emergency care goes. Mm-hmm. Yet we're one of the sickest in the world. So you, if you look at the numbers, it's just okay. You know, apples to apples. Like let's just look at the people who are doing it the right way. They're not sick. They're not diseased. They're not suffering. They're not spending uh, you know 1.2 trillion dollars a year on their healthcare systems. It's not an issue. You know, in Okinawan, Okinawan culture, healthcare is not an issue. You know, when, when, you, when you start to get older, uh, you know, in your 90s, then your family takes you in and you live with your family and all, most of those people just die of natural causes. But here, you know, pe- I mean, now more than ever, I you always, know, I always, one of the things that I, the question that I always ask in my, in my doctor's report is um, one of the, or I, I state one in a thousand people make it to good health. By the age of sixty, and I had a gentleman stand up. You know, and he 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 literally stood up in the group and he said, "That's not true." And I said, "Okay, that's fine." I said, "So how many people do you know six year over on no medications?" And he thought. I said, "How many how many people do you know that are fifty six, fifty four? I mean, and and he couldn't think of one person not on a medication that he knew." And I said, "So that's how you know that." Many, many people in our culture are not healthy because if you're on a medication, you can't consider that to be healthy. You know, if you're if you're if you're taking something, a toxin, a poison to get healthy, you're you know, you're not healthy. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm so like, again, it's just such a fascinating topic. We got about 20 minutes left. And what I want to make sure we cover, because I think we have a sense of, you know, what your understanding of it is, your background, your Mm. passion and your your beliefs I want to talk about, you know, how can people walk away from this, this discussion and, uh, you know, make changes, make the right changes, or at least, and this is why I like the way you approach it, know more about the facts so that they can be armed with, you know, some, some knowledge. So where, yeah. where would you start, you know, and say, all right, you know, we understand this thing about uh, symptoms versus, you know, what's actually going on. Um here's where you should start looking. You know what what, mm-hmm. what should we do? It, may, it might be somebody who is sick or has something which most people do sadly or just somebody who's yeah. looking to, you know, perform better or what, or whatever it might be. Where do we start?
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know so I would say, you know, education, that's my biggest thing. You know, I was I was called to do what I do when I when I was 8 years old and I was called to be an educator and that's what doctor means. Doctor means educator, you know, so before I'm a doctor, I'm an educator and if I'm gonna educate, I need to read and I need to research. So I would say, you know, do your research. Uh, read um, the right things, um, you know, there's, a, there's, a, lot of, there's a, lot of, a lot of things that you can research out there, um, but if you, if you really wanna start to get a grasp on your health. Um, one of my mentors, uh, his name, his name is James Chestnut, James Chestnut. Okay. If you YouTube him, you know, a lot of times, a lot, a lot of us don't have time to read books, right. but if you YouTube James Chestnut, um, you can listen to some audio by him and that will lead you to other areas that you need to study. He also has a book. I recommend reading his book. Um, I forget the name right now, but just okay. look up Dr. James Chestnut. He's out of Canada, I believe. He's in Victoria, Canada. Okay, he is a brilliant mind um, leading the charge in you know vitalism and looking at the body um, as a whole instead of just a sum of parts, which is very mechanistic. Mm. So start start researching vitalistic ways of getting your body healthy, and that's gonna that's gonna help you to understand that everything works together. When you address the body, you have to address that as a whole and not just the heart, the liver, the lungs. I mean, everything works together. So if one area is diseased, it's going to affect another area as well. So I would say start there. Some really simple strategies to give your listeners, Chris, is you know, sleep is one of the most undermined things that we don't address in our culture today and health. I mean, it, Rob Wolf says it best. He says, if you want to kill someone quickly, take away their sleep. Mm-hmm. And most people do not get the proper rest. You know, sleep is the primary anabolic state of the human body. You don't sleep and you die. And so that's how powerful it is. Um, the National Sleep Foundation says you know, we, we need seven to nine. And um, I agree with that. You know, don't, don't underestimate the power of a nap. You know, 20 to 30 minute power nap increases alertness by 100%. So some of my executives I work with, I just say take a nap during your day. If you're feeling like just kind of, you know, not there and, and brain foggy and, and fuzzy, take a nap. Um, some hacks that you can do, you know, I'm, I'm big into hacks, just easy things is, sure. you know, take, take 300 to 500 milligrams of magnesium before oh. you go to bed. And this also increases uh, adiponectin for fatty acid metabolism. Um, uh, fatty acid also...
1: metabolism, uh, tell me about that real yeah. quick. Um, is that the same thing as, well, let's get into, and I don't want to cut you off. I'm sure there's more and maybe we'll get to yeah. them. But one of the things that's gaining a lot of steam and people have very mixed opinions about are, uh, you know, supplements, nutrient, yeah. you know, yeah. I- identifying nutrient deficiencies, fixing them. And I know you, you do a lot of work there. It's one I'm really interested in. Uh, the basis of this question was in the whole fatty acid thing. Is that the same as like you need to take supplements with certain fats and foods? Is that kind of what you're talking about there or is that different?
2: Yeah. Um, a little bit different, you know, just when you, when you talk about, you know, um, metabolism, um, you just want to make sure that it's, 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 there's a couple things here, you know, the gut assimilates nutrients. And so if there is a micronutrient deficiency, so I always say the car doesn't have enough gas, then your gut isn't going to assimilate nutrients properly and vice versa. And so the gut's very important in um, breaking down fatty acids. And so if, if, you have, if there is a gut issue, you're not going to break down fat properly. And that's when it, this leads to neurotransmitter downregulation. It also leads to two hormones getting set off in the brain called ghrelin and leptin. And those are two really important hormones. I always say if you want to memorize those, ghrelin, like grr, like a bear. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna get hungrier. Leptin is the fat burner. And so what happens is is when you don't have proper fatty acid metabolism, because there's a there's some kind of gut issue going on, now you have downregulation of, of leptin, increase of ghrelin, this leads to um uh not being able to lose weight, so weight loss resistance. And now you have metabolic issues going on now. So this is where diabetes can develop. Um, this is where even, you know, brain fog, uh, productivity issues, uh, sleep issues, skin, hair, nails, you know, acne is related to this. Mm. Um, having a lot of colds, you know, fighting colds all the time can be related to that. So that's where the gut comes in. And I do recommend, I, I recommend everybody on the planet get a stool analysis. Number one, you need to have a stool analysis. You need to see what, you're dealing with as far as culture in the gut. You want to look to see if you have dysbiotic culture, if you have beneficial culture, and uh, look at parasites, bacteria, all those things. And that way you can hit the ground running. You know what to look for. You say, okay, I have a gut issue. So now I need to start increasing the good guys and start killing the bad guys. Right. A lot of people in our culture, we take probiotic. You know, we're like, everybody's like nuts about probiotics. No,
1: right yeah. But the,
2: pro- the problem is, is that. You're filling your gut with probiotic, which is great, but you're not actually killing off the bad guys as well so there's 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 ways to kill off the bad guys and increase the good guys. Um, prebiotic is really important you don 't hear a lot about prebiotic, but garlic is a is an amazing prebiotic onion is a, an amazing prebiotic, and a prebiotic essentially sets the stage for probiotic so you put a prebiotic in that means um cows are a perfect example. Cows eat grass, Ca- grass is a prebiotic. The the cult the um bacteria starts to attack the food that can't digest and it builds and builds and builds and builds and builds, and builds until you have a huge ball of this prebiotic. Then you send the probiotic in, it builds the good flora. So now you have this diverse community going on in there and that's really how you build gut health. Wow. You know, yeah. it's funny as you were
1: saying that I'm like, well, I you know, if garlic is good and it's a prebiotic, then I better have the straw because I've been basically eating garlic since I was about three.
2: <laughs> but, I'm but, sure your wife appreciates that oh,
1: too. <laughs> okay, true story. I'm gonna tell you this. Listeners, you'll enjoy it. Uh I recently met my wife. Uh you know, we were dating at the time. Not now, I'm saying this is the story. When I had recently yeah. met her, we're dating and I got sick. And I so I'd hurt, you know, look, I eat a lot of garlic, but not necessarily the smartest. And like you said, we kind of go after things full bore when, when we have that Sicilian blood. And so um, I ate raw garlic. I just ate it. Because like, <laughs> if you tell me something's good for me, I'll do it to, to, regardless of how gross it is. So I ate <sighs> like two cloves. And it was painful. Um, anyways, we're laying in bed that night. And she literally goes, either you sleep on the couch or I am.
2: <laughs> True story. So, That's- anyway. You know what? That's me, man. Yeah. Like seriously, every like we must be brothers or something. Like yeah. seriously, I everything you're saying is me to a T because I will throw down on stuff that's good for me. Yeah, and I'll close my nose and do whatever it takes. Yeah, but garlic, I'm I'm like um I, I literally permeate it. Yeah, through a house, you'll <laughs> smell me from a mile away with garlic. I know. Yep.
1: So, anyways, I, one of the things I wanted to discuss then, you know, given uh the, this idea of supplements, micronutrients. Um, Which, by the way, what's the I know the kind of general difference between micro and macro, but what would like a a zinc be considered? Is that a micro or is that a macronutrient or what's the difference
2: there? Yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's a micronutrient. Um, Yeah. So when you when you think, you know, macro, micro, you want to think, you know, like small, big. Um, And, you know, I think they're they're prefixes, you know, so, you know, micro can be applied as prefix, which means small, reduced, magnifying. Um, and then macro, you know, is, is just another one. Okay. Um, so that that's, I, I would say, you know, micronutrients are definitely the more important ones. Right. Um, yeah, because macro, to, I think, is macro to, things
1: like protein? You know, because those are the things. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. They're the bigger the bigger building blocks. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, macros are uh, sugar, carbohydrates, lipids, you know proteins, things like that, okay,
1: so w- while we're talking about micronutrients and supplements, probiotics, prebiotics um you know w- what what about the folks that say, well look i take i mean I, I take supplements, I eat maybe fairly healthy uh or or pretty healthy, uh and then they still i'm I'm assuming this happens uh, still show up deficient in things, many people I'm assuming well, what's going on there? Is that
2: the gut yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times there is a big link to the gut. I will say that, you know, the gut is trending right now. You know, we hear a lot about leaky gut and irritable bowel syndrome and Crohn's and all these other things. Um, but I will say, you know, not just now, but throughout time, um, you know, I mean, Hippocrates was looking at the gut, you know, because looking for the cause of disease and dysfunction. So the gut is a big one. The gut is the second brain of the body. And so a lot of times what's, what's happening is, is that, um, there's inflammation being driven in the gut so there can be small micro lesions that start to 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 cut into the gut to cut into the lining and that's where you have food particles that can make its way out into the body and that's what leaky gut is essentially so what happens is is now the body's trying to to fight off whatever's happening and it can't utilize nutrients properly so that's where micronutrient deficiencies come in so you have you absolutely have to heal the gut. I, there are there are a lot of people that come to me and they're they've had micronutrient testing. They're like, oh yeah, I'm supplementing with you know choline and I'm supplementing with vitamin D, and you know antioxidants and minerals. And I always say, well, have you addressed your gut? They say, well, no. I say, well, that's what's assimilating all those nutrients. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to look at a gut culture with a micronutrient test. Absolutely. I mean, I look at those tests hand in hand.
1: Okay, that's what I. That's what I was wondering, because yeah. recently, like I said, I was talking to a functional medicine doctor and they were like, yeah, well, I mean, you can eat, you can have the best diet on the planet, but if you're not digesting the food properly or if there's something going on there, it won't matter. And like these right. bells went off and I was like, oh, that makes sense. So, yeah. so, uh, you know, with the last couple minutes, I, I, I want to talk about. So here's the thing. You do this for a living. You consult with people mm-hmm. and I want to learn about that and and let our audience know you know if they've heard this i mean it's look it's not meant to be an advertisement and we i appreciate all the insight you've given but um you know if they like this how will they work with you and in the same token yeah. in general how does this work if they're working with with you or if they said well i want to do this more on my own or whatever so kind of yeah. what steps because it is look it is really confusing i mean People will mm-hmm. hear all this stuff. I'm sure almost everyone's heard about the gut health and the take these supplements and you just get overwhelmed. So yeah. t- tell us kind of how it works and then how you do it. And if they want to work with you, how that would work as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, and thanks for the opportunity, Chris, sure. for allowing me to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, well, I would say, you know, number one, I, I am in no way um, a person that believes, you know, in taking supplements your whole life. I believe that supplements can do good, and I believe that there are, there are um, seasons of your life where you do need supplements. Um, in, in saying that, you know, I'm all virtual, which, which so it was, uh, it'll, be, it'll be, you know, I've been, I've been doing this for seven years, but I left the clinic life. Uh, about three years ago and the reason that I did that was because I, I essentially I was convicted I, I felt convicted um, by the knowledge that I had and I said you know I'm serving my community which is awesome but I want to go outside the four walls and I want to start making an impact in our healthcare system and I want to get this on on the floor of Congress and I want to start changing healthcare. and so you know I've even had some people ask you know are you going to run for office one day I don't know maybe <laughs> I mean I I, I want to change healthcare, you know so I Maybe that's that's a possibility, but right now my sole mission in life is to take each, each individual life and transform that life and empower that life, and not not diagnose, but you know simply um, educate and empower. And, and one of the ways I do that is I run a virtual clinic, and that means I can see anyone anywhere in the world, and I do you know I, I coach them online, and I have a program that is uh, called the Clear Program which essentially I bring someone through a program to, um, to get, to access their goals, you know, and to meet their health goals. And the way that I do that is I, you know, testing. So I do a lot of advanced testing. I, I do uh, nutrigenomic testing. I do micro intracellular micronutrient testing. I do stool analysis. We look at hormones. Um, and it's, and it's, I say advanced because the testing that I do is, uh, is very, you know, it goes very deep down the rabbit hole. I mean, I look at all types of things, you know, for instance, on a hormone panel, I'm just not looking at, you know, testosterone and estrogen and progesterone. I'm looking at cortisol morning, evening, and night. We're looking at adrenal health. We're looking at DHEA. We're looking at estrogen dominance, all those things. Um, and then, you know, we look at neurotransmitters and, um, and we study genetics. You know, I think genetics is one of the most important things you can look at right now because it's your blueprint. And so from that, we can customize a plan based on your genetic blueprint there's nothing more powerful in the world than that because that's your fingerprint so uh so we do that i do that as well and uh, all the labs are shipped out to the individual so they can do it in the comfort of their own home except for blood and that's where i'll either get my assistant to order out a phlebotomist or we'll have you go to a lab near your home you get the blood drawn and then you ship it off to my lab and we uh we look at the assays and then they're shipped back to me and we have what's called a report of findings. So that's kind of the general process. Sure. There's a there's a lot involved with that. You know, I, I always take a thorough health history, want to know everything about the person. And you know, I want to know that person's goals for their health. I want to know where they've been, where they're going. And you know, and and initially, you know, it's a it's really a process to figure out, "Okay, am I the right doctor for you?" You know, I always say I'm not the doctor for everybody but um but my you know my methods do work and if you're if you're the type of person that I work well with then um it's going to be a beautiful synergy you know and I, and I my favorite part about what I do my favorite part is at the end of the program you know seeing the person you know with their hands up in victory transformed they've come through the storm and they're like I am healed I am I'm I'm moving on to my best life yet a lot of the people I work with you know they start businesses afterwards they, they travel afterwards, you know, they're just trying to get through their health thing, which is keeping, holding them back. And I always say, don't ever let that hold you back. You have your whole life ahead of you. You have all this opportunity in front of you, you know, live out your destiny, live out your dreams. Um, address, put your health first, put it at the core of everything and you'll be able to do that. Cause when you're, when you're dealing with health issues, we all know, you know, it, it takes up your time, takes up your focus. You're not able to be that person you want to be. And so, um, yeah, so that's what I love to do. And, and, um, you know, you, you can find me on elevaze.com. That's uh that's the website. If you go to com forward slash consulting, forward slash consulting, uh, you'll go to my consulting page. And, um, and I just want to let you know, Chris, you know, for the, for the podcast, um, normally it's three ninety seven to consult with me. Um, there's, i I, 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 I'd love to offer, uh, your people a comp, um, uh, uh, not a report of findings, but an initial consultation um, to where they can consult with me. And um, you could potentially put that in the show notes or something. Yeah,
1: absolutely. No, I appreciate that. What, yeah. So, okay, so I, I actually just yeah. went real quick to make sure. So Elevays is E-L-E-V-A-Y-S. Is that right? Yep. dot com slash consulting. Okay. And then yep. if they reach out to you and, uh-huh. and just say, you know, hey, I heard you on Smart People Podcast, they can uh, they can take advantage of that? Yep. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, Dr. Matt, thank you so much for being on the show. I love this. Like I said, could talk to you about it for hours and maybe one day we will, but I know you're a busy person and you have another thing going on in one minute. So I'm going to let you go.
2: Uh, Thank you again. And uh, we appreciate you being on the show. Chris, it was absolutely my pleasure. And I, there was no doubt in my mind that we were going to connect because we're both Sicilian men. So (laughs) we can talk for, you know, six hours. Yeah. So I loved it. <laughs> All right.
1: Well, thanks so much. And I will let you know we'll reach out uh, when the episode goes live sometime in the coming month or so, probably.
2: Awesome, Chris. Thanks a lot.
1: All right. Thanks. Talk to you soon.
0: Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Dr. Matthew Accurso. Don't forget, Dr. Accurso now does concierge customized high-performance health consulting at elevaze.com. That's E-L-E-V-A-Y-S dot com. Don't forget to mention that you heard him on Smart People Podcast. If you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. There are a lot of free and easy ways to support the show. First and foremost, please use our Amazon link located at smartpeoplepodcast.com slash Amazon. Any purchase you make over there gives us a nice little kickback from Amazon at no cost to you. You click the link, do your shopping as you normally would. If you're looking for other free and easy ways to support the show, we'd really appreciate a rating and review over at iTunes. So if you've got a couple minutes, head over there and leave a rating and review. If you'd like to reach out to the show, you can shoot us an email at smartpeoplepodcast at gmail.com or message us on Twitter at smartpeoplepod. That's it for this week. Don't forget, we've moved to a twice a month schedule. So if you're looking for Smart People Podcast, you haven't seen a new one yet that's why all right that's it for me this week see you all next episode